0: It's Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. D G I F.
1: All right, welcome to week 103 of the Two Guys into Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hey, Steve, we got a puppy. I know. I heard about that. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's Gary, right?
0: Gary Sowersmith.
1: Do you want to tell the story of Gary Silversmith, how you got the name or don't really? Care? No, no,
0: no. I'm good. It's just Gary Silversmith.
1: All right. Gary Silversmith has joined the uh, Oliver household. And uh, yes, have you been sleeping? She,
0: uh, I have been sleeping. Okay. My wife is as t- is is responsible at this point for waking up in the middle of the night to take her out. So
1: why is she responsible for it?
0: Because this was her idea.
1: That's not fair.
0: That's fair. No, that you, was, you should that be was, getting up as well. I said, I don't really want to have a dog right now. And she said, I really want a dog right now. And I said, I don't have the, I'm not, oh, no. Oh
1: man, all right. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um. So we're a TGIF podcast, not a puppy podcast. And uh, we go back, we That'd watch. a good podcast though. Yeah, just talk about puppies. Or just the puppies. same puppy over and over again. People don't get a, lot, th- a lot of puppies.
0: A lot. Of, I mean, there's other puppies to talk about. What happened uh, to that puppy on "Hi Honey, I'm Home"?
1: There was a puppy on that show
0: for like one episode.
1: The first one, or did they get Atlanta? the one where
0: they had like the security issues, and that's right. And it was in. We Lloyd, never saw it, right? Lloyd shot the dog or shot at the dog.
1: Didn't kill it though. We don't think so. No, they. Said no, they didn't. said they didn't. Yeah. They said they
0: didn't. You're right. You're right.
1: Um, a few things. Uh, thanks to Nicole for the theme song this week.
0: Thanks, Nicole. Appreciate it.
1: Follow us on all social media at TGIFcast. And uh, make sure you're checking out our YouTube channel. Uh, go subscribe to it right now. I will say now is the time to do it if you haven't done it yet, because there will be um, a new video coming soon. And there's a new video up there now. So um, yeah. if you want to go watch the uh, Hi, Honey, I'm Home reunion special, that is on YouTube now. And uh, we're going to talk at the end of the show about another interview we've got coming up that will be up there uh, in a week or so. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's it's there's some good stuff up there. And like Steve said, some good stuff coming. Uh,
1: We do like to look at what was going on in the world 30 years ago today or this week. And uh, the one thing I pulled was uh, the VMAs, the 1991 MTV Video Music Awards aired on September 5th, 1991. REM being the big winner, picking up like almost everything that year.
0: Nice. Good for R.E.M. I feel like there's so, that's a band that time has somehow forgotten. And I, I liked R.E.M. I like R.E.M.
1: Yeah, I do, too. Um, Arsenio Hall was the host that year, by the way.
0: Okay. Makes sense for
1: 1991. Yeah. Uh, what about movies and music? What was number one?
0: Uh, same song. Everything I Do, I Do It For You, still number one. Oh,
1: I got one thing uh, to add, too. Um, okay. Brian Adams did not perform at the VMAs, but uh, Metallica did perform Inner Sandman, just so we know. <laughs> Is there a reason that Brian Adams didn't perform? Yeah, because no one cared about him in, like, normal life. He
0: was nominated. Was he? Best video from a film, but he lost to Chris Isaac with the games. He
1: couldn't even win best in a film. Hey,
0: man, it's you MTV. Had, it's, no, it's M- a TV. MTV's
1: not targeted to 40-year-olds. That's the problem.
0: Well, no, I don't know if that's the problem. That's the that's the reason.
1: That's the reason, sure. Yeah. Uh, number one movie, did it change?
0: It did change. The a new movie. It's It's a movie I didn't know before this week but dead again it was uh okay. kenneth Branagh, andy garcia emma thompson it's a weird kind of like noir movie with some like semi-supernatural stuff in it i don't know it was okay it wasn't a bad movie yeah. um all right but yeah it was number one this week i'd give it a week <laughs> i you should be a little more optimistic all right but uh Two we'll weeks. see um, and it was number one. It was number one in its second week. So that, that's kind of oh. unusual. You don't yeah. see that.
1: A I mean, that means people were talking about it. And that's why people. Right. Yeah, it. I
0: guess. I'm still surprised. Uh, and then we had one birthday this week and I lost my calendar. Uh, it is Mac Wilson. And Mac was, I believe, the puppeteer, one of the puppeteers for for Earl. Um, I don't know if he was the face or the body, but okay. he was one of the puppeteers for Earl. The dinosaur. So happy birthday, Mac.
1: Cool. So uh, this is the final, or no, we've got, what, two more weeks of reruns in the summer, and then we get back into new episodes of all of our TGI yeah. shows?
0: Well, so technically this week they aired the, it was It was mostly reruns, but they aired the Saturday morning preview show, uh, the cartoon one, and, uh-huh. and those are typically pretty hard to find, so I looked, I was not able to find it, and I kind of got some conflicting information, or I don't know if it's conflicting, but some different information. Uh, one thing I read said that it was, again, hosted by the cast of Family Matters, Carl... Laura and and Steve specifically Um, another little I found like a two minute clip that also says it's the 19 from the 1991 uh, special and it's it's all MC Hammer um it's like a song and they like review they, they kind of just talk about the the shows that they talked about in the show so i don't know if it was both and that was just pe- a part of it but the just so i'm just going to go down the list of shows that are in the mc hammer version so we have an idea of what was coming on saturday morning yeah, in I'm 1991 interested. so it was the new adventures of winnie the pooh okay uh land of the lost which was a live yeah, show a, yeah. a puppet show uh dark duck okay beetlejuice okay hammer man which was an mc hammer cartoon sure uh, the Pirates of Dark Water, which honestly looked pretty sweet. I, I never watched it, one. Yeah, um, but it looked pretty sweet. It was like pirate, like myst, you know, mystical fantasy pirate show. Uh, the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show, and then Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. It's
1: a good lineup.
0: It's pretty solid. It is. It is pretty solid. So yeah. that's what
1: happened. That's what actually
0: happened this week, twenty or thirty years ago. Uh, it would have been September thirteenth. No, excuse me, September sixth, nineteen ninety one.
1: But instead, uh, we go back, we watch two more episodes of Dinosaurs to uh, possibly get us caught up to when it comes back to TGIF at some point. It's going to be close. (laughs) Maybe we'll make it happen. Um, Yeah, so the first one we watched, uh, it's called Refrigerator Day. I guess this would have been what uh, season, episode number? Season 2,
0: episode 12.
1: Okay. So after the theme song, it comes back to uh, Charlene and Robbie. They're hanging up uh, Happy Refrigerator Day decorations. And... um, I guess we're a little confused as the watcher what's going on, but a uh, baby does ask his grandma what refrigerator day is. And uh, she kind of explains it that it's just a day to celebrate the refrigerator. Pretty simple.
0: Well, there's a little bit more to it than that. She explains it's a day to celebrate the refrigerator, which is the single invention that allowed dinosaurs to become modern creatures. And so that is why specifically they are celebrating the refrigerator.
1: Um, they, we do find out from Earl um, when he comes in that uh, presents are associated with this holiday as well. It's it's, it's kind of like a Thanksgiving-Christmas hybrid type uh, holiday yeah. from what I got from it.
0: Yeah, it is the holiday season in general.
1: Um, I think Fran says something about like the holiday is not for gifts, and uh, but instead it's for celebrating what they're thankful for. And uh, there's also a fasting period of two days um, for Refrigerator Day.
0: Yeah, and that's to remind everybody, remind the dinosaurs of what their ancestors had to go through when they still had to search for food and couldn't store it in a refrigerator to always have it available.
1: So after the, um, I guess, the quick talk about Refrigerator Day, we go to uh, Earl's job site. And uh, Earl's fasting. He goes up to Roy, who uh, is not fasting. He's just like chowing down on some food.
0: Well, Roy does say he is fasting. He's just fasting in between meals. Oh yeah, just in
1: between meals, (laughs) not not for the full two days like everyone else is. Which I think, uh,
0: I mean, that's that's a valid, you know, I fast in between meals.
1: Yeah, everyone does, right? Sure, maybe. Um, so they, yeah, they're doing that, and then uh, Mr. Richfield calls uh, for Sinclair, right?
0: right and part of I think that that they talk about at the house that we haven't mentioned yet is that bonuses are kind of expected oh, as yeah. part of refrigerator day uh, Earl has bought presents and has used the the presumption presumptive bonus money on that so now Earl thinks that that Richfield is calling him in to give him his his refrigerator day bonus
1: yep so earl goes in there uh to collect his bonus uh mr Ridgefield tells earl that he has uh three envelopes all of them have uh refrigerator day bonuses in them and then he tells earl to his surprise that he's going to give him all three of them so he's very excited he's going to be getting three bonuses this year
0: And this is set up too, where Richfield is being overly nice to Earl and he has a warm fire in his, in his trailer and he's offered him a hot toddy and it's, it's a very different Richfield than we are are used to seeing.
1: Yeah. Something's definitely up and we find out pretty quickly. Uh, it was because Earl was just, uh, kind of daydreaming while he was outside talking to Roy. Um, this is what he's hoping that, uh, Richfield, uh, gives him when he goes in there. But the actual visit occurs right after this, he goes in there, Mr. Richfield, um, Starts by giving him a uh, little cup of pencils, which he tells him that no, he's not giving them to him. He just uh, wants him to go sharpen them, and then he tells some, him
0: something real quick because something happens specifically here with these pencils yeah. that I noticed for the first time, and and I don't know if they're, I've just missed it previously, but they really take this opportunity to set up the scale of how big Richfield is sure. compared to how big Earl is. Because I just assumed that Richfield was like a little bit bigger than Earl, not like not like. Giant compared to Earl, but when they show Richfield the shot of Richfield with the pencils in his hand They're tiny they're Mm -hmm. they're like he they're like fit in his little his like fingers are small And then when he hands them to Earl, they are like full-size pencils and it really sets up this scope of the fact that Richfield is huge compared to how big how big Earl is
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it happens more in this episode, but we see it again in the next episode that we watch as well
0: Yeah, I don't know if they were like, we really need to kind of start emphasizing this and make it a thing or or we've just missed it in the past. But they're really making it uh, an effort here.
1: So after he takes these pencils, Earl asks uh, Mr. Richfield about the uh, bonus check and where his is. And Mr. Richfield laughs at him and says, oh, no, no bonus checks this year.
0: He says bonuses. If you expect it, it's not a bonus. It's just pay. So no, (laughs) no bonuses.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, Earl's sad. He doesn't know what to do. Um, we go back to the Sinclair house where uh, Robbie and Charlene are, um, I guess they're watching TV. and There's some like refrigerator day commercials and stuff kind of showing just like how the holiday is becoming like more commercialized, I guess.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a refrigerator day commercial for paint. So they everybody to buy paint. And then there's also a commercial after that that is from the We Say So Corporation. So Earl's job that basically says, trust us. We do the right thing. We don't want your regulations. Uh, we're, the, we're, we're good for you. And that, that ad is actually voiced by Michael Dorn again. He was in the last episode of something else, but Michael Dorn from, from Star Trek.
1: So uh, the two of them hang up some more decorations after watching it. And then Earl comes home and uh, gets the family all together, tells everyone there's no bonus this year and the, uh, the family is broke pretty much.
0: Yep, they don't have the, because he spent the money that he thought he was going to bon- uh, get as a bonus. He now is unable to pay all the bills.
1: Um, Charlene doesn't see it being a problem though because uh, he's already bought the gifts. That's the important part, so uh, it's <laughs> right. not a big deal. And uh, Earl does say at the end of the scene, "Well, the bills can wait a little bit. We'll figure it out." Exactly. And then cut to the next scene where we have a repo man showing up, and he is uh, taking the refrigerator from the house. He's taking it back to the store. And uh, now the family is in real trouble where they don't have anywhere to keep their cold food and they don't have this main part of the holiday that they're about to celebrate.
0: I mean, they don't have the main part, the refrigerator. And evidently Earl was only a half a day late with the payment (laughs) and they came and took it. And he said, well, why the refrigerator? And the, the repo man says, well, you know, we're, we're going for whatever's going to hurt you the most at this, at this particular time. And it's, it's the holiday. We're taking your refrigerator.
1: Yep. So of course, Earl's sad. Um, he feels bad about the whole thing. And, uh, The family does kind of get together and say uh, they'll figure it out and it's going to be okay. Yep. So um, they show the next morning, um, Earl is waking up. He goes to the uh, space in the kitchen where the refrigerator used to be and, like, goes to, like, reach for the door but then remembers that the uh, refrigerator's not there and starts crying in the kitchen while the rest of the family has now walked in and is looking on at Earl, kind of having a little meltdown in the kitchen And uh, Fran does make the suggestion here to uh, Robbie and Charlene that maybe they should go and uh, sell the gifts that Earl bought them to uh, buy back the refrigerator.
0: Well, she says that they should return the presents to buy back the refrigerator. And what we learn here from Robbie and, and Charlene is that that's a completely foreign concept to the dinosaurs. The idea of being able to return things back to the store from where you bought them is just... It's not even, a it's not a thing. Like this is a totally novel idea that, that Fran is having.
1: Yeah, Fran does say though that they, they need to try. Um, they have to see what happens. Their father's depressed and he is losing faith, which I feel like is kind of like a key line here in this one. Yes, absolutely. So the kids agree um, after seeing Earl kind of in this depression and uh, that's where we go the next scene. We are now in this whole new um, scene that we've never seen before at this department store.
0: I love this scene. Yeah, I it's really, cool. really like this scene.
1: It reminded me kind of as they walked in of like uh, the movie A Christmas Story and like that department store where they go on Christmas.
0: Yeah, it does. But also the the interaction that they're about to have with the two sales dinosaurs mm-hmm. are I just love it. I love the banter between everybody. I, th- I think it, this is a great scene.
1: Yeah, so they've got all the presents. They're still wrapped. They're bringing them into the store. Um, The first employee comes up, and like uh, we said earlier, he has no understanding of what this concept of a return is. It's something that's never been done at a store. They don't understand why, um, as a store, they would buy back something that someone else bought um they're like are you trying to make a profit off of this item or are are you going to sell it back to us for less than you paid for it like the whole thing like i don't know what what more you want to say about it but uh
0: well there's a one one back and forth there where the salesperson says we're the store and you're the consumer do you want to be a store and charlene says yeah "Yeah, i want to be a store and he says are you sure it's a lot of responsibility it's just you really have to hear it in the in the whole context, because the banter between them is just so crisp and so good, it, it it's really a fun scene.
1: Yeah, so the employees at the store eventually come to the agreement that uh, all right, they'll take the stuff back, but they're gonna pay the uh, pay the Sinclairs less than they actually bought these items for, so they're gonna be losing money out on this deal. Correct. And um, they oh, there was something else here. Um. Maybe not. Do they go home right at this point? I think I feel like there was something else.
0: No, I didn't have it. No, to me, they went kind of right back to the okay. kitchen with with what they bought.
1: So um, they go back to the house, and we find out. Well, the whole plan was to buy a new refrigerator with all these the money from these presents. But when they get back to the house, uh, Fran reveals that the only thing that they had enough money for was a uh, small styrofoam cooler, <laughs> which is now sitting on the counter.
0: Those things are like eight dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean, and probably cheaper back then, too. And Back in
0: th- 60 million B.C.?
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess it can keep, like, one creature cold, maybe, in there, but uh, that's about all it's holding.
0: Yeah, maybe two.
1: So um, they tell Earl about it. He's happy until he realizes that it's a cooler, and then he goes right back into his uh, sad depression that he's been in for most of this episode. Well,
0: when, and when he walks into the room, he says... Family, I, I went to get the presents, and they're gone. They must have been stolen. I'm going to go outside and hang myself now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so Fran then reminds the family uh, at this point that their ancestors didn't even have a refrigerator. This is something that they have now that they should be thankful for, and even if they don't have, like, a refrigerator, they should look at all of the things that they are thankful for because that's the important part of the uh, Refrigerator Day holiday. Exactly. So, um, Fran does want the family, though, to do the honorary, um, refrigerator day pageant is what they call it. right?
0: Which is basically like a holiday pageant. Like you said, Steve, it kind of mixes Thanksgiving, Christmas, that whole, that whole deal together.
1: So we skip a little bit. We are now in the living room. Um, this pageant has now begun. Uh, Fran, Robbie, and Charlene, I think it's just the three of them in costumes, right?
0: Yeah, because Earl's participating, but he's not wearing a costume.
1: And I don't know where Grandma and Baby are at this point.
0: I think, isn't Ethel in it?
1: Isn't she part of the Is she in it? I don't remember seeing her in costume, but maybe she was. I don't know. So, um, yeah, they're acting out, I guess, kind of like the history of Refrigerator Day and how how the refrigerator was created. And, like, I guess that's kind of it, right?
0: I mean, that's basically it. Yeah, the struggles of dinosaurs before and then the... The, uh, like you said, the creation and the acceptance of the refrigerator.
1: It was funny you're talking about, like, when they created it, like, uh, they had this box that they knew they had to get cold. And, like, uh, the first idea was, oh, throw it in a lake. It'll get cold then. And then uh, <laughs> as they're walking to the lake with this box, they find a uh, a power outlet and decide <laughs> that they could just plug it in and it'll get cold.
0: Right,
1: right. So, um, and then they sing, uh, like, this refrigerator day christmas carol pretty much of like it's i think it's just like the uh, an actual christmas carol with the words changed to uh yeah to fit the refrigerator day uh theme exactly so as they're singing though uh the doorbell does ring they continue singing as i think earl goes and gets the door and uh earl is um talking about like not needing presents or refrigerator And uh, we find out that the person who has rung the doorbell is actually the employee from the department store. He has uh, come to the Sinclair's house and he has their refrigerator with him. Yep. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Not a problem. So he says what happened was he told his boss that Fran and the kids had come back and they wanted to resell them. They wanted to return all the items that they bought and uh, the boss thought it was like the best idea ever that uh, this is the opportunity. This is this is actually what they said. It's the opportunity for the store needed to give them the upper hand, crush the competition, and become a monopoly and then <laughs> serve all of the, uh, the customers better.
0: And we'll see if that happens. But, yeah, they give them the refrigerator back. Everything is good to go.
1: Yep. And uh, they even give... Um, Earl bonus I think something did he they bring- do they
0: called in favors and they got Earl his bonus they also brought in a snow machine to put on the roof so it would be it would be snowing you and they brought all the cream. presents back and some ice, ice cream, cream. Yeah. yeah and brought the presents back and then they got the family to sign a release to say that they now own the rights to the idea of uh, of returns
1: yep and uh, Earl thanks the uh, retailers for making the holidays better and that's the end of the episode happy refrigerator day
0: so. This is the second episode in a row where we've had this kind of like, I want to call it like a quick random tie up to an episode that almost seems like lazy writing. If you were to see it somewhere else, but for some reason it really works within the context of the humor of dinosaurs. Cause in the last one we had the baby, you know, the, the baby switch. And at the very end, they said, well, how do we resolve, how do we resolve this bigger question? And they said, here's the doctor. He said it was a mistake. It's all fine. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. And in this one, it's like, Here's your refrigerator. Here's your presents. Here's your bonus. Everything's back to as it would have been had nothing bad happened in the first place, which seems like lazy writing, but I feel like it really works within the context of the humor. I
1: don't know if it was this episode or the next one that we're about to talk about, but um, grandma actually says something like um, to the camera kind of related to this, where she's like, um, I I wish that the kids would just go home and watch uh, some shows where it's just, Safe TV and repeating the same themes over and over again in circles or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the next one. But yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny.
1: Um, It is. So uh, the next episode of Dinosaurs is called uh, "What Sexual Harris Meant."
0: It's a good title.
1: Yeah. Um, After the theme, uh, we start off with a commercial. Um, What is is it? What was this thing called? It was a leg smoother. It
0: was the yeah. It was the. the episcal epistle epistle leg smoother
1: episcale maybe
0: episcale episcale that's what see my my autocorrect changed the word to something completely random yeah autoscale all episcale
1: Episcale. and baby we find out baby's watching the commercial he immediately tells grandma or tells Fran that he wants one and uh Fran's like oh boys don't need uh smooth legs uh it's for women or something and then uh, well and in the
0: commercial it says the woman the the female dinosaur is using the scale remover and in the commercial she says it really hurts but males love it just to kind of highlight the fact that this is you know something that she's doing not for herself but for beauty standards.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the theme that we're going to get throughout this episode and uh baby's like all right, well uh I want a machine gun instead and starts like pretending <laughs> that he's got a machine gun. So then Charlene comes in um, she's upset. We find out that she got a C plus on her, um, science project and she's upset because that's above average. She doesn't want to be above average cause she's going to lose all of her average friends if she's above average.
0: And she's not getting attention from her teacher. He noticed he's asked her to do an extra project for extra credit. And basically this puts her in visibility as opposed to just being in the background, ignoring everything.
1: Uh, Earl comes home during this conversation. Um, he's home early, actually, and we find out yep. it's because uh, someone died on the job site. Uh, a tree crushed him, like you would expect.
0: Well, I like the way that, he, that that's presented, though, because he comes home early, says a guy died at work, and Fran says, how did he die? And Earl says, I'm a tree pusher. How do you think he
1: died? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, I think he goes off like looking for a bowling ball or something. And right, he's at-
0: going to fill the spot on the bowling team that the guy, I guess, is no longer in.
1: And then uh, Monica, who we know from a few episodes ago, she pops in through the uh, side of the kitchen and uh, Fran mentions right away that she doesn't look so great. And we find out it's because uh, Monica, I, I think uh, a house that she was trying to sell, like fell through and it didn't sell. And uh, now she's having a hard time um, making money because she's not selling houses.
0: Yeah, she, she says that the, the real estate market is not not really profitable right now. And like you said, alone, there was a, a snake that she was trying to sell a house to. And he wasn't able to get a loan because he's a snake. So um,
1: she's, she's struggling. So she does mention that she needs to find a uh, another job in the meantime, something to uh, make some money with. And Fran suggests, um, since someone just died at Earl's job, that maybe she can go work on the uh, tree-pushing job site with Earl.
0: Right. Makes sense.
1: Earl comes back in at this point, um, having trouble finding the holes on his bowling ball, and says... Uh, there is no way that a female can work on the job site with him.
0: Yeah, he would be uh, the laughing stock of We Say So if that was the case.
1: So we jump, uh, I think we go right to the job site now where uh, Mr. Richfield is. Uh, I think Earl goes into the office with Mr. Richfield right away, right?
0: Yeah, Fran has pretty much forced him to do this. So he is now trying to talk to Richfield about Monica.
1: Yep, and it seems like uh, right away, Mr. Richfield is um, completely against this whole idea. He's not going to hire her. He um, actually tries to uh, send her away because he doesn't want a female working there. But as uh, this whole conversation like, conversations going, she kind of shows that she does have uh, some benefits with her... Man, I'm dying here. With her physical structure being a brontosaurus having this giant tail she can yeah. knock over trees um maybe better than all the other dinosaurs
0: yeah yeah and what he does during this process basically he tells earl look women females can't be tree pushers we even have a process for this and he pulls out a handbook and it says like interview the female ask her about her handbag send her on her way and so he tries to do that she doesn't have a handbag he try earl tries to get him to talk about her scarf Richfield doesn't know what Earl's talking about. And it's just this whole mess of him trying to like fumble through this. And eventually Monica's like, look, are those the trees out there that you're trying to push over? And she just knocks them all over with one swipe of her tail. I don't think she's a brontosaurus, Steve, because I don't think that's really a dinosaur anymore. I think that's one of those dinosaurs that got like- 1991, it was definitely a dinosaur. Like Pluto. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Richfield's like, hires her immediately once he sees that she can knock down an entire forest of trees uh, with her tail.
1: Um, so, I'm looking
0: up what kind of dinosaur she's supposed to. Yeah, have.
1: that's fine. So then we go outside. Uh, all the workers are kind of talking about um, picking up girls, and this is where we're introduced to the character. Um, I think his name, his first name is Al, but he just goes by Sexual Harris is his name.
0: Yeah, Sexual is like his nickname. So it's Al Harris, and he goes by Sexual. So like um, sexual they're kind Harris. of
1: talking about like picking up girls and like things that you say to him, and how like the double entendre is like the key to getting a girl. Like you say something that you mean but then it has a double meaning of um something a little like uh i don't know like a he, sexual comment that you're not really trying to straightforward say
0: he basically invents the double entendre okay so and and wikipedia does say that monica is a brontosaurus and wikipedia also says the brontosaurus used to not be a dinosaur but now is back to being a possible. Oh, it's very ver, very pluto-esque it was one of my favorite dinosaurs situation. so i'm glad
1: glad to see it's back
0: I haven't read the full Wikipedia page. That seems to be the gist.
1: Um, so yeah, all sexual Harris is there. Earl comes over and tells them that uh, Mr. Richfield has hired a girl. Um, he doesn't say that he's the reason why, but uh, we quickly find out that um, as sexual Harris takes uh, Monica to, orientation i guess right like to train her for the first day of the job
0: yeah so monica has been assigned to work for sexual harris and he yeah exactly he's doing the kind of the introduction stuff but the entire time he's just hitting on her and proposing that they have sex basically
1: just a whole bunch of like uh like sexually harassing things he's telling her and uh she tells him no she's not having it and uh we then find out as we jump to the uh sinclair kitchen as monica and fran are talking that she has already been fired from her job with uh, earl
0: well he fires her on on the job site and then we come back to the to the house where her and fran are talking about it um but yeah i mean he said i I think the thing that really kind of broke the camel's back was that he says you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go far in this job you really need to be prepared to go all the way and every time he says something he's like you know what i mean You, you know what i'm you know what i'm saying he's just just a jerk
1: so as uh, Monica and Fran are talking in the kitchen, Earl gets home and uh, is trying to tell Monica that she did a great job. She had a great career at the uh, <laughs> at the job site. He's being a
0: jerk. He's being a jerk. He doesn't mean that sincerely. Um, it's like you were only sixty five years away from a pension.
1: <laughs> Fran asks uh, Earl what Monica can do to get her job back, and this is where we find out about like this. Uh, I guess this like court that there's like a hearing that she can go to and protest her uh, her wrongful firing, right?
0: Well, first he says that he's not going to help Monica, that
1: he, you know, that
0: she got fired. He's not going to help her. And then Fran says, Oh, I didn't mean Monica. i meant my cousin oh, who's right, down yeah. in the South, who like has a Morty or something. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, we find out about uh, the corporate board of grievances that Earl says that her cousin should, should go to. And of course, Fran is now trying to get uh, Monica to go there. Yep.
1: Yeah, so we get told about this and as this is going on, Charlene gets home and, uh, Talks about well, how first
0: Monica says no. Monica says I don't I don't want to deal with it. It's over. I'm just gonna move on. And then Charlene comes in.
1: Yeah, and she's like, uh, the boys ate my uh solar system project. And uh Monica tells Charlene at this point, women need to take a stand against men, and tells Fran, call up Mr. Richfield, I'm uh I'm doing this whole court thing.
0: Filing <laughs> a grievance.
1: And uh what I write here. Oh shit. I just wrote, um, Earl looks really worried about this whole situation. Like there's some, like Earl is not happy that Monica is going to be doing this. Cause I mean, yeah, it's her, yeah, it's like, his boss, right? Like, I mean, of course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, we then go to the TV where they're actually showing this court case on TV. It's the, uh, we sit we say so corporate hearing and, uh, Mr. Ridgefield is the judge. He's kind of like leading this whole courtroom.
0: Yeah, and it's on, it's on DNN, the, you know, the Dinosaur News Network. And I think what's important to note here, and I, this is one of those situations that I don't know if it's purely coincidental because the timing is so dead on, but this happened right after the Clarence Thomas hearings, which were where he was accused of sexually harassing Anita Hill during his, his um, confirmation hearings to become a Supreme Court justice. So those, that happened in October of 1991. This episode aired uh, December of. Oh, yeah, it's really close. Well, I mean, I'm so, sure
1: the court, like, even though the court case happened in October, yeah, like they they, they knew it was coming up for a lot longer than that. I'm sure.
0: Well, so, well I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's it, it, what we've learned. Kind of is that sometimes it's uh, these shows don't always aren't always shot like months in advance. They're you know, there's not a huge lead time, so it's possible that they're like, let's put something together from October to December to make yeah. this work. Uh, but it's just, it's very topical in the sense that it, it's a related subject.
1: Wait, when would these have aired though? Because we December, we're, December. Okay. December of okay. 1991. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the, uh, we talked about it earlier in the last episode, the gavel in uh, Mr. Ridgefield's hand is like pencil size, like smaller than that. even. It's like tiny, that. yeah. It's super tiny. And uh, they call uh, Monica to the stand. She's the first one that's going to step up.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of like really stereotypical- like senator style dinosaurs that are kind of part of this and the, the there's a southern one whose name is Mason Dixon that was I really thought was a good good caricature of a good old southern senator.
1: Yeah, it was hard to like decide what to talk about when uh, kind of taking notes on this one because I mean it's a lot of just like these um, dinosaurs that are up there like just kind of talking like n- not really important to the plot of the story really. Well, like, what it
0: is, it's heavy satire for the situation. Sure. Like the first guy is asking, "Hey, what uh, you know, what kind of clothes were you wearing at the time?" and she's like, "A work helmet and a work shirt." And then he says, you know, well, "What kind of underwear were you wearing?" And he, she's like, "That's not relevant." And he's like, "Well, of course you don't think it's relevant, you're a female." Um, and then, you know, there's they they have other other members of the panel that ask, you know, equally as sexist questions to her about the situation one of the one of the members of the panel is uh his name is lackey and he's obviously like he is a marionette puppet like you see that he has <laughs> see the strings. strings attached to him um and the whole time it kind of cuts back and forth between the family watching this on tv uh and, and just this kind of farce of a of a hearing going on that is in no way shape or form going to help Monica get to the bottom of things
1: Uh, I wrote down one of the um, things that Monica said that uh, Al Harris sexual Harris said to her was I'll jump on your scales and you can tell me how much I weigh that's one of the lines that made her pretty upset
0: yeah definitely
1: Um, so after all this like banter and stuff I think uh, one of the important things that happened is uh, Mr. Richfield calls Earl to the stand Earl is at home watching TV. He sees this and, uh, immediately, I guess, runs all the way down to the courtroom, wherever this is happening. Right. right. So, um, Earl has no idea why he's being called. Um, but he is actually given a script by Mr. Ridgefield and, uh, just reads it word for word, pretty much talking about how Monica's a horrible, horrible person. And she did this to herself and, uh, it's no way, um, the company's fault that she was fired. It's her fault for, uh, for not being uh, a good worker, I guess.
0: Yeah. Richfield basically couldn't get, find anybody to, to like talk badly about Monica. So he has, he has Earl re- just read that script.
1: Um, friend shows up at this point too. She says, um, no one's testifying on Monica's behalf. So she has come here to do just that. And, exactly. uh, the lawyers start by trying to, uh, discredit Fran, saying all these like lies about her. Um, then some uh... well the best
0: one is the best one is they say we have evidence that you when you were a, a young woman a young teenager female you lived with this man who was significantly older than you uh who you know and shows a picture of this old man and a young fran, fran says, well that's my dad <laughs> and then, and then the, the 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 dinosaur on the panel says and we have pictures of you on his lap uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny
1: um then a bunch of other people take the stand uh roy and sid and ralph and then uh eventually there's like these closing polls that they show on the screen for the day i
0: like i like what roy had to say because roy was like no al should not have asked her out on a date because i saw her first and i had first dibs
1: (laughs) um anything about those polls that you want to say they're kind of like graphics up on the screen like well basically
0: they were really they were really biting because it was like 18% of dinosaurs think that Monica is in the right. And then it was like like 60% of all male dinosaurs who have been rejected by women and are lonely and miserable think that Al is right. And then it was like 80, this was a really biting one, like 80% of women who are, it was just this like real hard dig at kind of like women making excuses for other women being more successful than they are. Who think that Al is also in the right in this situation? Um, so it was some really, some really poignant uh, social commentary.
1: Uh, then they go to uh, Al himself, Sexual Harris, for his testimony, and uh, he actually comes out and says that he agrees that he said all of those things. Yep. But that's not why he fired her. He fired her because uh, she just wasn't qualified for the job.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. He agrees one hundred percent.
1: He says, uh, yeah, I did it." Uh, Mr. Ridgefield quickly rules in favor of sexual Harris and the company and says that all of the talk was uh, just in good fun and everyone needs to lighten up a little bit. Exactly. And uh, everyone leaves the courtroom. And then once again, sexual Harris tries to uh, hit on uh, Monica as soon as uh, she comes out (laughs) of the courtroom. She ends up like uh, knocking out of like using her tail and knocking the ceiling out of the building and, crushing uh sexual harris who does survive though it doesn't look like it killed him exactly so we think of the sinclair's uh, monica's talking to fran she thinks that uh they did accomplish something there today though which is the important part charlene comes well, in
0: monica says she the reason that fran says that is because Monica's like i don't know what the point of that was like nothing i didn't you know i was there i was kind of made to be a fool i didn't accomplish anything what was the point of what we did today
1: yeah and that's where we kind of get to what the point was Charlene comes in she got an a on her solar system project and uh, she says that uh Monica is what inspired her to uh, do the project in the first place and uh, women have to take the jobs that they want they have to do that they have to step up and do the things that they want to do if they want to succeed yep. and get things done exactly so um Charlene says that uh, eventually she thinks that uh, men will treat women like equals. How how long could it possibly take? And then they show like Fran just like zoomed out, like looking at the world and kind of comparing to 1991. But now you can really just take it all the way to 2021 as well.
0: Yeah, it's not, uh, you know, very little has changed, unfortunately. Um one thing I did want to note is that I really appreciate that on the, her model of the universe uh-huh. all the all the planets were cubes
1: were cubes <laughs> we're cubes. that's yeah. good um, yeah. yeah so that's the end of that episode of Dinosaurs that's all we watched this week uh, next week on the show we do have an announcement though which is pretty cool
0: yeah absolutely we're really excited about this
1: so we're just uh, two weeks away now from the new episodes of TGIF which means uh, we've season got three one brand new show right Yes, one brand
0: new show to start the season off.
1: Step by Step makes its uh, TGIF debut.
0: It's world debut.
1: It's world debut. And to kick it off, we've got uh, Karen Angela Watson coming on the show. She will be on this show, and we will have that interview for you next week.
0: Yep, next week, Karen Foster. So we are super excited about that. Can't wait for everybody to hear it, everybody to see it. Yeah, so be it'll
1: be uh, on the podcast version. If you want to watch the video version, it'll be a, up a couple days later on YouTube for that. And uh, we're looking forward yep. to it.
0: Yeah, and just in case you're wondering, if what we what really happened last next week, 30 years ago, would have been the TGIF comedy preview. But again, I can't find it, so we're not going to worry about it. And we're going to have an awesome interview instead.
1: The comedy preview, was that just like, Letting like everyone what know ex- what shows like what's are going to be on TGIF? this season. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Yep. Um, Thanks again to Nicole for the theme song this week. Yeah, Nicole. Thanks again. That was great. Follow us on all social media at TGIFcast on YouTube. Just search Two Guys in the Fridays and uh, keep checking it out because we'll update you with uh, whatever we decide to do and uh, whenever we've got cool stuff coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, you know, I'm excited for the new season. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get into step by step. What's
1: the full lineup again? Like, what's the order of everything? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: Family Matters at eight, Step by Step at eight thirty, Perfect Strangers at nine, and then Baby Talk at nine thirty. Is that and what you're most excited
1: for? Is Baby Talk? Well, coming back? you know what I'm
0: looking forward to is the, the new we- cast. I'm, I'm hoping right? the wedding of in Perf- Perfect Strangers because that, that we still haven't seen that, right? They're still engaged and not married.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen a wedding yet. No.
0: So I'm looking forward to that and if that actually ever happens. So we're not sure it happens
1: this season. You're just hoping it does. I have no idea when it happens. Okay. I don't even know
0: if it actually does happen. Yeah, but, I, uh, <laughs> I hope it does. Cool. So. All right, man. Um, I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Uh, No, that's it. All right, man. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday
0: night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, DGIF. TBA Podcast.